We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always. I'm here with Jason Patton. Jason, Bulls basketball is officially back. A new season opens every year with Media Day. And on Monday, September 26th, the Bulls had Media Day. One thing we learned from this Media Day is that Alex Caruso was thinking about changing his number six, which will be retired league-wide in honor of Bill Russell, but is keeping it this year because he couldn't change it soon enough, given the fact that he's in the top 75 of NBA jersey sales. Jason, here's my question to you. How many Cash Considerations listeners own an Alex Caruso jersey? (laughs) I want Uh, people to tweet at us if you own a Caruso jersey, because I feel like our (laughs) listeners are the type of people who would would have one. Yeah, I don't know. I I hope people do. Caruso's fucking awesome. He's uh, More than 10 or less than 10? I'm going to say more than 10. I mean, if he's top 75, a lot of people are buying these damn jerseys. So let's go more than 10. Sure, why not? I thought about buying an Alex Crusoe jersey. I got an Iowa one instead just because I'm an Illinois guy. So I had to show my love to him. Maybe someday I'll get a Crusoe jersey. Depending on how, like, the uh, maybe in the coming years, how nice, like, the city jerseys are. That was the like the last one is the one I got the IO one and that was cool. So we'll we'll see. Maybe I'll get a, a Crusoe jersey at some point. Crusoe's awesome. Uh, Obviously, like I said, yeah, top 75 jersey sales, that's pretty dope. I mean, obviously, the Bulls are big, global brand, as we like to say, but and Caruso is like a cult figure out there, but, but he's an awesome player. He also well-deserved. Uh, I also, um, and yeah, so yeah, great, great little anecdote here to start Media Day, which Media Day uh, is always a day where optimism is usually abound around the league. Although I saw people talking and there were like, uh, I guess just some kind of weirdness, obviously with like the Celtics situation, just bonkers shit going on there. The Lakers thing is just like super goofy with the Westbrook stuff. Uh, you have Christian Wood tweeting. I don't know if he's trolling or what about coming off the bench because Jason Kidd said he's going to come off the bench. The Nets are obviously kind of a, a clusterfuck as Kevin or as Kyrie Irving called it. 
So some weird vibes with some teams and with the Bulls, uh, obviously the Lonzo stuff kind of hangs over them right now. And they did briefly talk about AK briefly mentioned Lonzo and AK and Billy both did their media day thing first. They kind of kicked off the whole festivities and the Lonzo stuff was obviously brought up like right away. And that kind of stuff hanging over this Bulls team. We've talked plenty about Lonzo. Basically, AK said what we expected him to say. Four to six weeks. We'll see where it goes from there. They don't really know how long the timetable will be. They asked Billy who's going to start in Lonzo's place. He does not know. Uh, He mentioned Goran Dragic being whatever seasoned veteran there. I don't know if that was a hint that he wants to start Dragic, but uh, they're going to take some time to make the decision. We have both said that we would probably like to see Caruso or or Io start there, but um, we'll see. Dragic is an AK guy. They talked about um, how uh, the Bulls wanted to sign Dragic last year before he went to the Nets, how Dragic and AK like have a relationship going back to, I think, like Houston days. So clearly that was like a long time coming with the Dragic thing. We always wondered, like, why the hell did they target him, given all the guards? Lonzo thing is also part part of that. But Dragic and AK seems like they're boys. And, the, and I know Vooch kind of vouched for him as well. Um, Anything, I mean, besides that from AK and Billy, not nothing that, that much that interesting, which I think, again, kind of expected here. Um, they t- AK talked about the continuity ni- line, adding depth, how they brought back most of the roster, and they add Dragic, they add Andre Drummond. Billy was asked about playing Andre Drummond and Vooch together, and I think he kind of like, was like, he didn't rule it out, but he's like, no. Did bring up an interesting point about paying, playing Patrick Williams at the five, which I thought was very interesting which is interesting and something we've talked about. We want to see them play those kind of lines if they want to go smaller and stuff like that. So to start here, anything from the AK Billy portion of this that uh, piqued your interest, raised your eyebrow in any way? AK is truly the most boring executive <laughs> on is. the planet. He's not going to give us anything. And that doesn't really bother me because we saw, you know, after his, his first full off season here, when he made all the moves to transform the team, uh, you know, we didn't really hear much besides for the reported connection with Lonzo, I guess, leading up to all those moves. There's really nothing on Caruso. There was nothing on DeRozan. So uh, AK works in the shadows, man. It makes me think of the Lil Wayne line, real G's move in silence like lasagna. That is Arturis <laughs> Karnaschovas. Casey Johnson even joked about it at one point during their media availabilities. Like, I got two questions left. I'll go to Arturis first because his answers are always shorter. So I thought that AK said basically nothing that was interesting. He did say that last year the team was not surprised to be in the playoffs. This year he expects them to be in the playoffs once again. Uh, one of the running talking points throughout media day was just like how much better the East is this year. Billy yeah. talked about it. DeRozan Zach had like a really about weird it. analogy about it during his great media availability. Uh, and I think that's definitely something you got to factor in. Yep. I'm thinking about preseason expectations for the Bulls because uh, there's a lot of teams throughout the conference that got a lot better. Now, you know, are the Celtics starting to fall apart a little bit? We'll see a team like the Hawks totally unproven like the Celtics are still going to be really good yeah, we would all expect them to but you know Robert Williams has a knee injury now too yeah Udoka's obviously gone so perhaps the Celtics aren't the powerhouse we thought they were going to be even if they are you know a top four Eastern Conference finisher uh Cavs would be another team that's pretty much totally up in the air in the heat it's just sort of like a bet on 
I hate, I hate this, but heat culture, Spolstra mostly, uh, because they lose PJ Tucker like the Bulls. They didn't get any better. Yeah, they, the really, they haven't really signed anybody, right? It was basically they re-signed Caleb Martin, and like that yeah. was it. And they drafted Nikola Jovic. Yeah, I think like they didn't do anything else. Like they asked Jimmy. One of the first things they asked Jimmy is like, "Hey, Jimmy, you're gonna play the four this year?" And he was like, "I guess if they really want me to, maybe." But he's like, "No, I, I don't want to play the four this year." Yeah. Uh, they could trade for Jay Crowder. Bossman ninety nine wants out of Phoenix. Sounds like they're going to trade him. He was on that final. He was on that finals team, right? The Heat yeah, finals team. Absolutely. Maybe they go get him to play the four. Uh, but yeah, anyways, continue. Uh, so I thought that that was just a general theme of the press conference. It's sort of like everyone is acknowledging that the East is better. It's going to be tougher for the Bulls to sort of maintain the pace they were on last year in the conference, uh, you know, leading the conference up to 72% of the way through the season last year. So that was one thing that sort of jumped out. But in general, we're not going to get much from AK ever. I guess AK on Lonzo did say how he mentioned, he kind of talked about the process there with like, the decision-making on the surgery. And he admitted like Lonzo didn't want to do the surgery. Uh, so they gave him all the time he needed before he finally came around. It was like, okay, yeah, I need to do this. So like, I guess you could say that's nice that they were like, maybe nice, like that they were being like player friendly in that regard. And they like, didn't force him to do it. Although it probably would have been better if they did it earlier. Uh, I guess there is some whatever give and take there, depending on how you view that. But he did say that they basically, the Lonzo didn't want to do it. Uh, so they went through every avenue they possibly could before it was finally determined, like, yo, you need to do this. Uh, otherwise, it's just like we're not going anywhere. You make and anything of, course, of that? Of course, all the reporters are asking for like additional Lonzo updates. I don't think Lonzo's had the procedure yet. I believe he has tomorrow. Oh, no, procedure. Wednesday, Wednesday, I believe. Wednesday, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we don't, we still don't know on Lonzo, like when he's going to be back. But me and you have talked about like our own internal expectations for when Lonzo is going to come back. Probably not in 2022. And we're going to have a lot of time to talk about Lonzo. But as you said, his absence really was sort of hanging over just the start of this season and, uh, you know, the start of training camp, which is going to begin tomorrow. And he's good for so many reasons. But just like the it's really hard to find true volume shooters who are really good shooters yeah. in the NBA. Like there's not that many of those guys. You have a lot of guys like Grant Williams who are capable shooters. Uh, and you know, last year, Grant Williams, what he hit seven threes. Yeah, they'll, they'll take them uh, when they're like wide open, which is kind of, bucks. which is like Patrick Williams, but like guys who just get them up like, consistently and hit at 42% is really impressive while still being super valuable defensively. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the shooting was another thing that they asked Billy about. He didn't really give a good answer to it. He was sort of just like, yeah, you know, we're just going to try to create good looks. And, but obviously like the shooting, I think is going to be a theme all year that we're going to be talking about just like a lack of volume three point shooting. So, I mean, we're going to need Zach, I think to take, and he's never taken, I think more than seven or eight. Like I would love this for Zach to take like 10 threes a game. I think if you can add like one or two per game, obviously I don't want him just like settling all the time, but I think it also use him off the ball more and get him taking Absolutely. like off ball, catch and shoot three pointers. Uh, and we know he's, he, there'll be times where he does his stuff on the ball and just jacks threes and he can hit those shots, uh, but also working him off ball and getting him off. Cause like, you're gonna need someone to replace 
some of that volume on three-point shooting. And hopefully Pat does some. Hopefully Ayo does some. Some of these other guys, Dragic, Kobe, if he's healthy all year. Uh, but it would I would be fine with Zach taking 10. I mean, how many does Steph take a game? Like 15? And obviously Steph's the best shooter of all time. But like, I feel like Steph these days is taking almost 14 or 15 threes a game. Not saying Zach needs to be there, but like, get me 10 threes a game, Zach Levine. Why not? Like, you know, we can get it whenever he wants and they can also work shots to get him open. So they're going to need that shooting from somewhere for sure. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the the uh, Back to my drum, the drum and Vooch thing for one second. How many minutes over under did, would will those two play together? Remember, we did see Tristan Thompson and Vooch play like a few minutes together. It was a disaster. It was awful. I don't know. Like, I wasn't sure who asked that question, but I was just, I said on Twitter, zero, literally zero minutes. I don't think they will I hope it's zero. one second on the court together. Uh, I know like their front court is kind of just weird because like they don't really have many power forwards besides Pat. You have Javante, you have Derek Jones Jr. who are both like six five, six four, not really power forwards, but like they had Derek Jones Jr. playing center last year. Uh, and we said we talked about Pat and play small ball five too, but uh, right? Or is your over under like 0.5 minutes for a Vooch Drummond pairing? <laughs> I would unfortunately take the over partially because people are still getting sick with COVID. And if that happens, people are going to be out and weird roster shit. Yeah. So I would take the over, but I hope it's zero. Yeah. I certainly hope it's zero. Moving on. uh, Let's talk about Zach and Damar, two all-stars on this team. Um, I mean, in general, like again, media day, fluffing stuff up. Uh, They're always going to be whatever positive, good vibes, but I generally do love, did love the vibes from Zach and Damar here. I loved Zach when they asked about expectations. He says, if they're not high, what are we even doing here? We're a team that held the top record in the East all the way until after the all-star break, got a playoff berth, got our feet wet. If we're not competing for a championship, we're selling ourselves short. Uh, obviously, we don't think the Bulls are going to compete for a championship this year, but that's the, I, I love that quote from Zach, just having that mindset. And then also Damar uh, talking about just like, I think, I mean, a consensus, like I've said it, that DeMar is not going to be maybe as good as he was last year. I mean, he played the best season of his career last year. He was like the best clutch player in the best clutch player in the NBA. And it's only natural to like, think he's going to maybe take a step back DeMar with some great quotes about the, just about how doubters fuel him. He called it like free energy. Here is the quote from the bulls Twitter. At this point, I always find humor in it. You always try to find reasons to be motivated. At this point, I have so many other motivational factors that it becomes laughable to me, laughable to me. I always use whatever I can take. It's free energy. I believe he got like a shot off at a, like Kevin Willis catching strays out here uh, from Demar. Uh, Demar also brought up the point about the Eastern conference. And I think Zach did too, but he, he called it like, I love this. This is Demar, like the competitive Island that the East is on. It just made me think like the bulls are going into a reality show. It's like Eastern conference, competitive Island. Uh, and it's true, but I mean, and they're obviously, they're embracing that competitiveness. He says, I love the competitive Island. The East on that's what brings the best out of you. When you have the best around you, put me in a room with the best. It's going to bring the best out in me. So that was, that was Demar again. Uh, so again, I love what both those guys said today. Um, Zach seems healthy, ready to roll. Him and Demar both just kind of bring in some good vibes as the leaders of this team. So that was really nice to see uh, moving past some of the Lonzo Donner stuff. I watched all of Demar's media availability, and it was truly a delight. Demar is one of the all-time best 
with the media. He's just hilarious. He's super honest. So go back and try to find DeMar's media availability from today. Just spend 10 minutes watching it because it put a big smile on my face. Nobody has a way with analogies like DeMar. Like uh, he gave an analogy. He, he gave a few different ones, but one was uh, about like him trying to get better as he enters his 14th season. And it was about like a car and he's going to keep driving the car until the wheels fall off. And he's not going to park the car until the car is ready to stop running. And it was just like a long winding, ridiculous, awesome, creative analogy. And it was great. And then when they asked him about the East, DeMar said something like, if I go to the movie theater, I don't want to see 10 crappy movies. I want to see blockbuster <laughs> thrillers. So again, it's like, I feel like, it should be a game of free association with DeMar. Like you could just like name something like horse racing. And then DeMar can like somehow give you a metaphor on his career or life based around horse racing. Like you could give him basically anything. So DeMar continues to be the best at a time when the bulls vibes threatened to go into the toilet with no Lonzo ball and a pretty trash off season. DeMar DeRozan is our shining light on this team. And you know, as long as DeMar can still cook, this Bulls team could still be kind of fun. So DeMar, DeMar is the reason for uh, any sort of optimism right now, I think. I would also put Zach in there as well. Uh, and I sure. tweeted this morning, like, he says he's healthy, he's feeling good, had a good offseason, sounded like he was working on his golf game as well. So, so he had some jokes going too. Uh Curious what you like with with Zach. Do you think there is another level to his game? We've kind of talked about this before. Do you think he is what he is, or do you think he can still maybe kind of explode and be even better? Uh, take over a I don't want to say take back like one A from Demar because I just don't know if that's going to happen if Demar with Demar just like is assuming he's playing really well. Um, he says, "What are your expectations for Zach now that he is?" that he is hopefully fully healthy because again, remember like besides the knee, which was fucking him up for the last half of last season, the first like month or two, he was dealing with that thumb injury that he was playing through. I think it was like a thumb sprain. So that was kind of messing up, messing him up. So now hopefully that that's all good. The knee is cleaned out and that he's healthy. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you expect from out of Zach this season? Well, I think that it's reasonable to expect Zach to have just about the best season of his career. And if the Bulls are going to be an above 500 team this year, they're <laughs> going to need Zach to just about have the best season of his career. And some of Zach's efficiency, like scoring efficiency numbers, were totally wild when there were no fans in the stadium. So like, I don't know if Zach's going to put up 64% yeah. true shooting. Like basically but, be like a 50-40-90 guy. <laughs> It's not impossible, though. And so I'm doing something right now where I'm ranking every guard at SB Nation. Uh, we'll see if I actually, like, pull this off. But I was thinking, like, okay, I'm going to rank the top 30 guards in the league. And it was pretty tough to figure out where to rank Zach because, you know, there's a lot of great guards. Like, would you put Zach ahead of Darius Garland? I was, he was the, first, the first guy I was thinking of, honestly. Would you put there. Zach ahead of Bradley Beal? Like, it's pretty tough. So I'll say that in the first mock-up of the list, I have Zach at number 13. I have him one spot below Beal. Donovan Mitchell is at 11. Beal's at 12. Zach's at 13. CP3 is at 10. And then on the other end, I got Garland at 14. Jamal Murray at 15. 
Van Vliet at 16, Anthony Edwards at 17. So uh, this is sort of the prime of Zach's career, right? Like some of those guys, yep. like Garland, Anthony Edwards, they're still getting a lot better. Has Zach, I don't want to use the word plateaued because like he's never really played meaningful games, but like he's 27, he turns 28 uh, before the playoffs this year. Like this is the peak of Zach Levine. And as soon as he gets like an injury for two weeks or has a bad shooting night or has a turnover in a clutch situation, everyone is going to say that he's overpaid because he signed a $200 million contract in Jerry Reinsdorf teams, no matter what the sport is, simply do not sign players to contracts that bit. But Zach got it. And Zach is probably not one of the best Jerry Reinsdorf employees over the last, you know, 20 years or so, uh, not, he's not on the total short list. With that being said, we talked all at the start of all, the last offseason that the yeah, absolutely had to do this. Yeah. They had no other choice than to lock up Zach to that money and that Zach earned the money. So it's going to be a season full of pressure for Zach in a certain sense, I think, because uh, especially given like some of the protections he got in that deal, too. I mean, he got like the full deal here. I mean, it was like fully guaranteed. Uh, was the last year a player option? Yeah, fifth year player option. And then I think just like everything else, just like basically everything was given to him. There's no trade clause, though, right? There's no no trade clause. Like, I do, yeah, may, yeah maybe not that. I don't think like anybody. I I don't know how many no trade clauses are like actually like yeah, Beal st- guy. Like there's like no yeah, it's like Beal and like maybe a few other guys like if that last year, Zach, Zach was over 60% true shooting too. So that's kind of what I want to see this year. I like the idea of you saying ramp up the uh, ramp up the three PA. I will say Steph Steph was around like has been around like 12 or 11 or 12 the last couple of years. I do not expect him to, or I guess he was 12.7 two years ago. He was 11.7 last year. I'm not expecting Zach to be like matching Steph there, but nine or 10 a game, I think is reasonable to ask out of him to, just help make up for some of that uh, volume that's not going to be there with Alonzo. And how about getting to the line a little bit more too? For the last three years, Zach just topped a free throw rate over 30% just once. That was last year. He had 31.6. His career high was his first year healthy on the Bulls in 1819 when he had a 33% free throw rate. So I would like to see him get to the line more. Too. I feel uh, like he gets the short end on a lot of drives, does, to be honest. He's not like a powerfully built guy. Yeah. Like his athleticism is more like uh like spindly athleticism. Like he's a it was kind of like Rose. Rose also because Rose like wouldn't sell contact that much, and like he was obviously just like so fast and like was like slithery that just like he just wouldn't get that many calls. So like I feel like Zach is almost kind of like that as well. Uh so like I don't know if he just needs to sell more. I feel like there's a lot of, because there's times where he's clearly frustrated that he does not get the benefit of the doubt that much on calls. Uh, I just don't know what else you can do about that unless you just b- become better at selling it. But let's see. I mean, he's getting a little yeah. older now. He should have more respect from the refs. So I would like to see Zach get to the line a little bit more. It might be tough to expect that given that he is like coming off a knee injury and he's probably going to look to preserve his body a bit. But uh, if Zach's ever going to be a guy who gets to the line, it's going to be in you know these next couple of seasons. Yeah. Well, if you want to preserve the body, start jacking more threes. <laughs> that just goes back to that point. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I'm excited to see what Zach has. You can always maybe the passing as well. I don't know if he's ever really going to take like another like huge step there and become like a really like true like bona fide 
big time playmaker. I just don't know if the decision making is ever really going to be there. That's sometimes that kind of thing is just kind of with you and he's gotten better at it, but I just don't know if he has that just like natural smart basketball IQ to make the right decisions and all stuff like that and make all those reads, but he has gotten better at it. We'll see if he can even get even better uh, at it as we go, but excited about Demar and Zach loved what they both said today. I think they're going to, if they stay healthy, they should be really good. I, like I said, I do expect some Demar regression. If anything, just like here and there, like is 54% mid range in the clutch. I could see that coming down like a few percentage points, but like there, I don't think there's really any reason to think that Demar is going to like all of a sudden fall off a cliff. He's a master at his craft at this point. He, I mean, he's whatever 32, 33, but he still gets guys with his pump fakes, with his footwork. Uh, and I don't think that's really going to go away uh, anytime soon. So both those guys should have huge, huge years. Then we have the third all-star I'm using hand quotes here on this roster. Uh, I guess you could count Andre Drummond as an all-star as well, but I'm talking about, of course, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, and obviously I mentioned before talking about him and Drummond playing together, which isn't really a thing, but just in general, let's, let's talk about Vuce expectations. Like I said, he talked today immediate day as well. They asked him about his shooting. He said, when shots didn't start falling, I wasn't in a rhythm and it took me a while to get out of it. It's not how you fall. It's how you come back up. Let's see how I come back from that and play this year. I think it's going to be a good year for me. He talked about as well, how he thought maybe he was focusing on threes a little too much, which is interesting because he only took like four and a half per game when he took like over six the year before. He also had 40% from three, two years ago. And this last year, he had only 31%. I believe the year, two, like whatever, three years ago, I think he was back around like five, four and a half, which is about where he was last year. So I think the amount of threes he was at last year, I, I think it was about right. Uh, given just like the looks he was taking, I don't think he was forcing threes. We, I mean, we talked about the bulls needing guys to get up threes. I think the bulls need Vooch to stretch the floor as a three point shooter. It's just a matter of him getting that, those percent that, that hit rate up to thir- more like league average at 34, 35%. Um, but that's interesting that Vooch said that he thinks that he thought he was focusing, focusing too much on threes. Would you like to see Vooch maybe go more inside or just do more standard pick and pop uh, like mid range stuff? Again, I do worry about that kind of cramping the spacing given the Bulls roster construction right now. I feel like they need him to just shoot threes anyways, even if he's not shooting great. They just need him to hit more and uh, efficiency wise. He did get better as the season went on from inside, like in the paint. Remember at the start of the year. He was botching layups left and right. And everyone was like, what the hell is going on with this guy? He he got those numbers up as the year went on. Um, but he's also not a free throw guy. So like, I don't think like pounding. And I know like, I feel like uh, it would also, it would always be like a thing to say like, oh, they need to pound Vooch. Like they get him out, out, out uh, away from the perimeter, get him inside and pound him. I don't think that really is uh, like a panacea here either. Because like, he's not that. He's just not that great inside. Like he's a, he's a nice post player. He's decent, but like, I don't think pounding Vooch is the answer. What would you like to see out of the Vooch usage this year? Um, and I guess just that in general. So beyond like saying where I want him to get his shots on the floor, I'm thinking more big picture with Vooch and the idea of like going from a primary option to a number three option. Two examples that pop in my head immediately, and maybe you can think of more, Jason, would be Chris Bosh going from the Raptors to the Heat and Kevin Love. Those are the two I had. (laughs) Wolves to the Cavs. And in both of those cases, those guys had pretty disappointing first seasons. 
on their team is they tried to find their spots in an offense next to two guards who are going to average 25 plus points per game, right? Vooch is in a similar situation where DeRozan and Zach are guys capable of going off for 25 plus every night. And now Vooch uh, is just has to find his spots in different ways in the offense. Right. But I feel like with both Bosch and love, Year two, they were just more comfortable in the offense. And when Karnaschovas talks about continuity, this is an area where I can actually see that coming to fruition. Of course, there's no replacement for just pure talent and skill set fit. And I think that, you know, perhaps uh, Vooch just isn't the center of the Bulls' knee. But Vooch is still pretty talented as a guy. And the Bulls are going to need him to be at his best this year, obviously, because they need everyone to be at their best, especially without Lonzo. So I'm looking for Vooch to just get more comfortable in the offense this year to sort of uh, have his responsibilities a little bit more ironed out and for him to just like know where and when he can try to get his offense and also set up teaming. So uh, just big picture on Vooch. I'm hoping I'm hoping he looks more comfortable in the offense this season. And we can't downplay, I feel like, his just the passing hub and like the playmaking hub in the middle of the court that can, that can be very useful. And it'd be nice if they had more shooting around him to just like get Vooch in the middle of the court and spray it out to shooters. Uh, that's where like Lon- missing Lonzo was really tough. Uh, but yeah, it will be interesting to see if he is more comfortable or if this decline just keeps happening and it just looks like complete crap. And there, they, I did not see any news about like, or like even a question, I didn't see everything that happened today, but like, uh, like an extension. Did you, was there anything, was he asked about that? I did not see. I didn't see that either. Okay. Yeah. So like we talked about that obviously on previous pods, uh, and it was, it was rumored that maybe the bolt, both sides were amenable to an extension, but it didn't seem like we got any update on that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Talking about roles and the offense and all that kind of stuff. 
brings us to Patrick Williams, who is one of the biggest, maybe arguably the biggest swing piece of this Bulls team. And Pat, a lot of, while a lot of media day stuff is whatever, rah-rah, fluffy stuff, as mentioned, Pat actually did say something very interesting about the offense and maybe his role in the offense today. Let me pull it up. It was from, I know Darnell Mayberry tweeted this out. Um, here we go. Pat, Bulls for Patrick Williams said the offense is, quote, a lot more open and creative this year. Different spacing this year. So far in the workouts, the offense has kind of changed more positionless. So I think that will be in different areas and different opportunities to make a play. I'm not totally sure what it means by whatever positionless. I guess just like not, I mean, just not rigid in terms of like calling plays and stuff like that. But I guess more freedom, which I, I mean, it's always easy to be like, we're going to play more with more pace this year. We're going to play with more offensive freedom. We're going to move the ball. I mean, I feel like that's what teams want to say at the start of every season. And then a lot of times you kind of just devolve back into your habits. And that's when like, we'll see if like, we'll like DeMar, will there be a lot of DeMar and Zach just pounding the ball and Pat is standing around. Ideally, no, like obviously ideally it'd be great to see the ball moving. I'd be great to see Pat uh, in different spots, getting the ball himself, getting the ball on the move, going to the basket, uh, being aggressive and not just being a spot up shooter. Ricky, you say over and over uh, that you don't, like Pat as just a spot up guy. You want to see him using more to develop his skill set. What did you make of Patrick Williams' comments about the offense being allegedly different this year? I'm very interested to see how that actually looks when the team takes the court. Like uh I do think that the Bulls could benefit from less let's stand around and watch DeMar. But DeMar is so limited as an off-ball player that really like the best use of DeMar is just to give him the ball and tell <laughs> everyone else to get out of the way. So if that's going to happen, to me, it happens with DeMar on the bench. And last year, I think DeMar played like 36 and a half minutes per game. He's in year 14, dude. He Can he play like 32 minutes a game? Like, can we like save DeMar a little bit? I, well, but they were relying he, on him to carry those bench units. And I feel like that helped. That was a reason why he ended up playing so much. And he was really good. Right. In those roles. This year, I would like to see more Zach and Pat. and like them paired together with DeMar on the bench and then go DeMar in the all spacing lineup. So you probably go, you know, DeMar, Kobe, Vooch. It's like, this is the worst defensive team ever. <laughs> yeah. I guess Caruso to have one good defender yeah. on there. Uh, and maybe like Javante or something. I don't know. But uh, point is, I would like to see Pat definitely stretch out a little bit this year. And I think it's on Billy Donovan to try to put Pat in positions where he can succeed and better succeed than he has in the past. Remember Pat only, he got hurt in the fifth game last year. So uh, it's, it's going to just be a really pressure filled year for Pat. Obviously it's like, if Pat can make significant strides, the future of the bulls just looks completely different. Right. If Pat ends up looking really good this year it sort of reminds you of like us talking about Justin Fields at the start of the season. If oh, Justin God. Fields looks really good, it could be totally different from the bears. Well, well. <laughs> you know, both of those things still remain very uncertain. I am in on Justin Fields forever, by the way, Jason, I don't care if he's throwing for 92 yards a game or whatever it is. Like I'm permanently in. And if he stinks, it's the bears fault, not Justin Fields. fault. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that on another episode. Uh, Pat, I am less of an apologist for <laughs> if we're comparing the two but pat has the talent and he's got the game 
for to take you know uh the next step he also said he lost some weight got skinnier right, what do you think of, what that. do you think about that i think that's good so okay. two thoughts one it makes me wonder how much uh how many minutes he's going to see at the five now you would think like billy could just go vooch and drummond for 48 minutes at the five and think okay we got 48 minutes of above average center play with those two I would like to see more looks with Pat at the five, but you wonder like, okay, what's that going to look like if he's dropped weight now? Now, obviously like the benefit of having Pat at the five is probably to like blitz more in the pick and roll. Yeah, just versatility. Uh, Pressure the perimeter a little bit more rather than relying on rim protection. And potentially that could be one way for the Bulls to get back to their identity early last season of like forcing turnovers, getting out in transition that they lost when Lonzo went down. So maybe like playing a little bit more aggressive schematically with Pat at the five is something you can do. But generally, I love that he's thinner. And I think that like a big benefit for NBA players is just being in top notch shape. So if Pat's thinner, I think that he's still going to be able to play with power. And hopefully now he's a little bit better conditioned to uh, go long in game. So I think that's generally a positive sign. Uh, but it's a big year for Pat, man. And, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. As long as him being whatever thinner doesn't affect like his, whatever is like core and like functional strength in terms of going against guys. Like, and again, I mean, it's impossible to stop Giannis LeBron, the big, these big wings who are just great players. Like, uh, as long as it doesn't hurt, like going up against those guys, because the Bulls need him to guard as like one of the few power forwards with size on this roster. The Bulls like need him to be going against these guys, and if he's going to be playing any type of five, uh, which again Billy did say uh, he did bring that up specifically that that could be a possibility that he plays the five. Uh, the rebounding you'll you'll also worry about there, but definitely intriguing. And yeah, Pat. I mean, the Pat whole Pat thing is just again he's one of the biggest swing factors on this roster. Uh, I'd hope just like Justin Fields, I want I would love to see. Pat be great. Want to see Justin Fields be great. I've been really in on Justin Fields these last couple of weeks. I've just really a couple of throws he made yesterday just had me just down in the dumps on him big time because he's just been so bad. But like, I want these guys to be great. Bears need to finally have a good quarterback. The Bulls need Patrick Williams to be really good. Uh, so hopefully their development gets on track. Both those guys this season um, was both teams kind of basically needed for their futures. Um, let's see any other other points, kind of random stuff. I can drag it. Yeah, go for it. The, the Bulls tweeted out some pictures of Dragic today. I'm like, damn, bro, Dragic looks just old. So I googled <laughs> Dragic's birthday. I think it's been a while since the Bulls have had a player older than me on the team. Dragic's birthday is May of 1986. I was born in 87. So it feels a little strange to be younger than one of the guys on the Bulls this year. And you just wonder, like, how much is Dragic really going to be able to help? He's in, like, almost his late 30s at this point. Uh, Now, I was very skeptical of that signing, but I'm super ready to be proven wrong. He looked great in Eurobasket. It wasn't that long ago that he was, like, a big-time defendable player. We're talking about dependable player. We're talking about the Heat in the bubble with Jay Crowder and Goran Dragic. Those were, like, their second third best players at times uh, right. in the bubble. So going to be interested to see uh, exactly what Dragic can give the Bulls this year. I just hope he's not gifted anything. Right. Because yeah. There were some, some rumors about that in the off season that he chose the Bulls over other teams 
because they told him he'd get a starting spot or compete for a starting spot, whatever it is. Uh, I think I, I think want... he said that he was like, oh, like I'm going to play like 20, 25 minutes a game or some shit as like Lonzo's, you know, Lonzo's primary backup or like they knew he knew that Lonzo wouldn't be ready. So like that he would get all these minutes. Uh, and that's why he said he talked today. They asked him about the Mavs today and he said, yeah, he talked to him, but there was never close. Uh, I don't know if that was more of a Mavs thing or just like the Bulls told him he was going to play a shit ton. So like, and he's got the AK connection and like, that was it. And Vooch also vouched for him. Yeah. I just really uh, hope he doesn't get anything gifted. That's my only thing with Drogic this year. Like if he earns the minutes and if he's a better option than going with Kobe or IO, then I guess because the Bulls are in a spot where they're trying to win win. every single game possible this year. Right. Uh, but just, just no gifts, no promises. Like Drogic's got to earn it and I'm skeptical that he can, but I'm ready to be proven wrong. Yeah. He also did bring up, of course, the Derrick Rose dunk, the infamous dunk from way back in the day. What are you doing Dragic? And he said, this is my nightmare. F- some fun, some fun uh, vibes there. Uh, that was one of the coolest moments way back in the day when the bulls were actually a lot of fun. Uh, now he's on the bulls. It actually is hilarious that he is now a Chicago Bull when he is past his prime, which is uh happens way too often with these old, old, old guys, but uh whatever. Yeah. Hopefully he is not, hopefully he has something left in the tank that he's not totally washed up. Um, let's see. Was there anything else here? We've kind of talked, I think we've gone through like all the guys that have talked. We talked about Caruso and the number thing. Caruso also did talk about just like uh trying to, I mean, just the needing to stay healthy. And, and you've talked about this, like, can Alex Caruso, whatever, play 30 minutes a game with the style that he plays? And the quote he had about that was, I don't want to change the way I play. That's why the Bulls want me in the team. But I need to be a little smarter, 50-50 ball going out of bounds, maybe a one or two go and save it for the postseason. And then he says, I say that now in front of a microphone. I feel like that's just that's just like impossible to do if you're wired like Alex Caruso. Like, are you really going to be like thinking that like in, during a game? Like, oh, I'm going to save this one for the postseason and not dive into the stands? I feel like that's just really hard for a guy like him to do. But I mean, the Bulls, they need Caruso to play, especially with Lonzo out. They need that defensive stopper on the wing or in the backcourt. They need Caruso to stay healthy and play a ton of minutes. So will he, that is going to be another big question is will Caruso be able to hold up for 20 to five to 30 minutes a game? Uh, will he be able to get any of his shooting back? Um, because they again, they kind of just they need the shooting, they need the defense. And when the Bulls did not have Lonzo and Caruso last year, they were a total disaster defensively. And Andre Drummond and Goran Dragic are not fixing that. And basically, the rest of the team is the same. So, with Lonzo already out, they need Caruso to be out on the court for a lot of minutes. You know, if there's one guy whose performance on the court I'm not worried about this year, it's Caruso. So Caruso, you know what you're getting. Right. Every time it's just availability is the thing. For sure. Yeah, availability is the only thing. So I, too, would love to see Caruso improve his three-point attempts per game. Last year, took three attempts per game and made 33% of them. Uh, but he's got to get up more threes. And especially if he's playing 30 minutes a game. Like, can, I mean, ideally, I'd like to see him double that. But... Is that realistic? If he could hit 33% on six threes a game, that would be pretty nice for the Bulls. Obviously, you'd like to see the percentage climb at least up to 35. Yeah. Uh, But Crusoe is another reason where you're like, 
all right, I could be invested in the Bulls this year. Like, he's awesome to watch. The team's not going to be great. Like, Crusoe awesome. is a fucking warrior. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. You're super proud to have him on the team. You just get pumped up watching one. And when Caruso is doing his thing defensively, it just makes you want to run through a wall. Gets you excited. Absolutely. So, Jack Meatball up fans delight. <laughs> Jacked up Caruso's back. Cash considerations, listeners, let us know if you own a Caruso <laughs> yeah. jersey. Over under 10 and a half. We both took the over. <laughs> so, let us know. Speaking of over-unders, now that we are at media day in training camp, let's revisit kind of what our ex- expectations are for this bowl season and how many wins they're getting. Now that we that now that we know Lonzo's going to miss however long he's going to miss, whatever, that he's having the surgery. What did we come out to? Was it 44 when we went through the schedule when it initially came out a month or two ago? And we came out to 44. That was still obviously not knowing exactly what was up with Lonzo, but kind of figuring that there was something that this was not going to go well from that. He was going to miss at least some time to start the year. So coming back to the, just that now, where would you put the over under for this? I think they're at 42 and a half, yeah, 43 me, and a half. My friends keep asking me where I think the bulls are going to be this year. And I keep saying they're I think they're a 500 team. So I hope I'm wrong. That would be 41. I hope the bulls are better than that, but that's just my internal expectations for the year because of Lonzo, because I really think Lonzo is just super, he's a super important ingredient to the team. My buddy, John Wilms writing about the bulls pretty soon. He said that uh, Lonzo is the best role player in the NBA last season. He was so he just brings a lot to the mix and I gotta, I'm just, I'm just not as optimistic going into this year with him being out. Yeah. So like if I had 44, I feel like that 44 was still with like Lonzo is probably going to miss a good amount of time. Now we do, we know that's for sure. I still probably have to drop him at least one or two there. So like, yeah, like 43, maybe 42 and 40. I'm going to say they're going to finish over 500. I'm, I'm going to, I'll put that out there right now. They will finish over 500. So they're at least getting to 42. Do I think that they could somehow still end up like going over like 45 or so, even with this Lonzo news, there are pathways to it. If Pat does make a big leap, if Io makes a big leap, maybe we do see them win a bit more games. Zach and Demar stay healthy all season. I mean, it's a lot of ifs here. Like they need a lot, arguably everything to go right. I think to get into like the high forties, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. There's also, I think, a way where this just goes completely, completely to shit, and like, who knows where the hell they're at, like approaching the trade deadline, and maybe they go into pure sell mode. So, like, I think the realistic, like, safe bet here is that they are around 500. I said they're going to. I think they'll go over 500, and that puts them where, like, the nine, ten play-in game. The East, as we talked about, the theme of a, a lot of this media day was that the East is going to be very good and it looks like it should be pretty good on paper. We obviously, again, things happen. The Celtics last week or so has been a disaster between Yadoka. Robert Williams is out. I think two to three months now. Uh, right. Was in it like six to not, was it six to nine weeks or like nine to 12 weeks or some shit like that? Like it's or eight to 12 weeks. Like he's out for a while. Gallinari is out for the season. We'll see if Brogdon can stay healthy. Um, we talked about, you mentioned some of these other teams. We saw PJ Tucker had an offseason surgery, but apparently he's going to be all right, but still something like to monitor. On paper, the East looks good. We'll see how it plays out. But still, like, the Bulls still have so many question marks, whereas I can't really expect them to be that much, like, to be a top six team. I think it's just kind of tough to optimistically predict it. 
for all those op- Bulls fans, awesome optimists out there, I'm not going to blame you unless you're saying they're going to win like 50 plus games. And then I think that's insane. But like right now, it feels like a play. They feel like a play in team that could go either way in a couple, a couple different spots, whether that's just like down to like 11 or 12, or maybe they get to like five or six if things really break right. Any higher than that probably feels like a stretch, but we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Was there anything else around the league that really anything stand out to you? Um, like I mentioned, like the net stuff was a, a clusterfuck and Katie was talking about his the trade stuff and the Lakers are talking themselves into Russell Westbrook f- for now, at least. Um, Zion looked awesome. I really hope Zion stays healthy. His arms are just fucking enormous. He looks to be in great shape. I hope Zion stays healthy. He was awesome the one year he was healthy. He looks like he's in shape. He took the summer seriously to get into shape, and he just looks incredible. So hopefully he stays healthy. Um, I was trying to think of if there's anything else notable. What anything else you've seen? DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton does not seem thrilled to be back in Phoenix. Suns vibes seem bad. You got Boss Man. Real bad. Boss Man is... uh, Losing it, he wants to go. He's going to be out. Yeah, Aiton looks very was very upset, or I don't know if he was an upset, or maybe he just was purposefully very stoic at his media day interview today. But he did not seem thrilled to be back. He gave like a three word answer when asked about his new contract when the Suns match. You got the Sarver stuff, so that's bad vibes automatically, and like and that kind of stuff, and just weird answers coming out of them about like like oh you know like I never saw that side of Sarver, just weirdness, uh, all that crap. So weird vibes from the Suns for sure. Anything else uh, that took you took notice around the league? Well, they just asked DeAndre Ayton like how he felt when the Suns match you off his sheet. He's like, it felt good. <laughs> and like anything else, he's like, no, no. <laughs> felt good. He looked so depressed. <laughs> Suns vibes in the toilet, and I feel a little bit vindicated on this one because when Durant requested his trade, he named the Suns as like the the team he wanted to yeah. go to. And Windhorse had a report that the Suns were not putting all their picks on the table for Durant. Like they never offered four first round picks plus Michael Bridges, plus whatever DeAndre Aiden for Durant. And I wrote a column in SB Nation saying the Suns should do this because it's the Suns. They've never <laughs> won the championship. It's generally like not a good organization whatsoever. And if you're doing that without giving up CP3 and Booker, like. That's a so I'm like, go get Kevin Durant. Yeah. Like, otherwise, your team is trending down potentially hard and fast. In last year, they won 64 games. Do you think they win more than 50 this year? Like, maybe they could get to 50, but... They're probably still talented enough to win enough in the regular season. But I guess you just wonder, like, what's going on? Like, what happened with CP3 in those playoffs? I mean, was he, like, he fell off a cliff, all, like, out of nowhere. He was just awful. I'm like injury stuff but like again just how much longer can cp3 do this at the level that he's been doing it the last couple of years when a few years ago everyone thought cp3 was quickly heading the wash direction that like his 40 million dollar contract was awful and then like he had this resurgence with the thunder and then the suns you just wonder after seeing what happened in these playoffs like can he still do it i mean cp3 falls off a cliff they're obviously fucked um so like, I feel like they're still probably good enough where they probably can get into the fifties. It'd be hard to see them winning 60 plus again. Uh, everything just kind of came together. And I feel like they had like some ridiculous clutch statistics last year that will probably even out a bit more this season. Uh, but yeah, they definitely, I feel like are on the downtrend, even with Aiden back, if he's not happy and if CP three is finally actually declining, like 
you need like Cam Johnson and Michael Bridges to like take big steps forward. And like Bridges, both those guys are really nice role players. I just don't know how much more they're giving you at this point. Um, and Booker, Booker's awesome, but like again, I think Booker's probably about at his peak. So kind of similar to Zach, where I don't know how much better he's actually going to get now. Great player, probably top 15, top 20 guy. Where do you where do you say you had Booker on your guard list? Ooh, great question. Where's oh I did I close it? No, I still got the title. Let me see. Booker on my guard list is seven. And to be honest, like I could see Zach having a better year than Booker. The thing is that Zach just hasn't pro- proven it in the playoffs. Yeah. He hasn't had that definitive playoff series yet where it's like Zach Levine has arrived. Booker has had those moments yeah. on the Suns. Played in the finals. To the finals. Yeah. So uh, I got Booker seven on my guard list. And yeah, I don't know. I got to write the blurbs. <laughs> so we'll see. Hopefully it's out this week. I guess I should do it. Uh, start writing it when we end this podcast, Chase. <laughs> and on that note, we probably can end this podcast. Uh, I think we got through basically everything. Do you have any other thoughts here? Do you want to tell Jerry Reinsdorf to fuck off one more time because of the white how the White Sox ended their season? The Cleveland Indi- the not the Indians, the Guardians certainly told the White Sox to fuck off plenty yesterday during the AL Central celebration. Deserved after everything. I mean, incredible run for them and. A hearty fuck you to Jerry Reinsdorf and the entire White Sox organization for how much they screwed this season up. Really embarrassing stuff. And you have anything to say on that? Yeah, I mean, the Guardians have bad ownership, too, (laughs) but their front office was good enough to help them still win the division, whereas White Sox just just awful. I mean, it's hard to think that Chicago sports will ever thrive as long as Jerry Reinsdorf (laughs) is still alive. That rhymes, too. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and you just hope it gets better when he's not. Right. So between them, the Bears, Bears are two and one for as much crap as worst two and one team as bad as Justin Fields has been passing this passing offense. The Bears are two and one, tied on top of the NFC North. The Bulls are starting. Blackhawks knowing they're rebuilding, they're going to be terrible. Hope maybe the Bulls and Bears can give us a somewhat interesting fall into winter here let's hope so the bulls are back and training camp starts tomorrow and that'll do it for us and we'll let's cross our fingers no stupid injuries happen we don't need derrick rose or who was derrick rose yeah breaking his face on taj gibson don't need any stupid injuries like that uh let's hope they can stay healthy besides the lines of stuff going into training camp and the first preseason game is what this is it this weekend i can't believe i didn't look that up before we started this podcast do you know off the top of your head? Not sure. It's whether it's coming up pretty soon. I know there are some teams that went overseas um, that are playing soon, but I'm pretty sure the Bulls are probably starting their preseason in the next uh, whatever, in the next week or so. So we'll see the Bulls back on the court very soon here, and we will obviously be here to talk all about it. So that'll do it for us here in this special Bulls Media Day 2022 23 episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. If you like what we're doing here at Cash, with the NBA starting back up and with the NFL in full swing, tons of great sports podcasts all across the Blue Wire Network, tons of great content coverage going on with the NBA starting back up. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. Please hit us up. Give us comments. Give us feedback. Ask us questions, and we'll answer them. Tell us if you want us an Alex Caruso jersey. Uh, so that'll do it for us here. Cash Considerations, HI Wolves Podcast. 
we will talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.